from recruiting and consulting firm RiderFlex. I'm your host, Steve Urban, and here is your RiderFlex episode of the day. And on today's episode of the RiderFlex podcast, we have Sam Pogue. Sam is a brand strategist, sports performance coach, fitness educator, and podcast host. He also serves as the vice president of brands at True Coach a fitness technology platform that allows personal trainers the ability to manage more clients in less time. You can learn more about Sam on his website at sampogue.com and visit truecoach.co, that's truecoach.co, to learn more about their platform. Thanks so much for tuning into the RiderFlex podcast. We hope you enjoy the show. So Sam Pogue, thanks so much for being on the RiderFlex podcast. I'm so honored to be here. I'm pumped to do something other than fitness. <laughs> you have a great story, man, and a, and a wonderful uh, brand personally. Uh, plus, I love what True Coach is doing. But before we get into that, give us some give us some personal history. Tell us about yourself, man. Well, uh, long story uh, version. Uh, I grew up in Kelso, Washington, uh, in a real small town. Uh, I was personally, I was adopted. Uh, grew up with Caucasian parents and in a real small, like high school football, 17,000 person raw, raw town, okay. right? As you can probably guess okay. uh, in Southwest Washington. And, uh, you know, it was a, my dad worked at a paper mill for 33 years doing the same job. And my mom was a youth minister. And so, wow. it, you know, it wasn't, I had abundant opportunities of, you know, dad worked at Goldman Sachs or whatever. And dad had his frat, you know, network, uh, but they were still very adamant about, it was very much a life of, uh, what college will you go to? Not, oh, okay. will you go to college? Or, you know what I mean? Will you go? It's like, which one are you going to go to? But not in like a pushy way. Like if I gotcha. wanted to, you know, I failed eighth grade math and my, or science, whatever it was. And my dad's like, look, man, I don't care. He's like, you can get D's and C's and you can work at the mill with me and have a really nice life. Or you can get A's and B's and go do whatever you want. Like, oh, shit. Okay. And, and did he go to school or he, he didn't go to school? High school, oh, okay, mom cool. and dad are high school sweethearts. Oh, okay, all right, yep. all right, all right, great. Uh, that's good that they pushed you to go to school. That's awesome, okay. Yeah, and so I had the opportunity to attend the University of Portland, uh, which was cool because it was like an hour from home. Um, and not that I didn't want to move away, but I uh, definitely liked being in the Pacific Northwest where I grew up. And yeah. um, and it was a good school. It's this 3,000-kid little private Catholic school, which fit mom really well, um, you know, because it was a Catholic school and uh, it was just, a, it, it was a really good fit. And as much as I would have loved to say I'm at the Ohio State or, or uh, UW or something, you know what, like, it yep. was nice to have a small environment, you know, yep. and yep. Uh, I actually failed out of college my sophomore year. What? Um, uh oh, yeah. too, 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 too much partying. Too much partying. I was doing a sports <laughs> marketing internship. I was a rowing crew and... I was really social in college, we'll say. Uh, no, yeah, really. no, no, come on, really? <laughs> and then mom had a brain aneurysm. And oh, so then oh, I skipped oh. all of the week before finals, my second semester of sophomore year, ended up failing a couple finals, whatever. And so, like, I, I have a lot of bandwidth. And okay. so, like, I just put my head down. I was like, fuck, I don't want to tell anybody. Uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed by this, so I'm just going to work. So I, my summer job in, in college was to work at a factory called Sunoco, which makes the tubes between paper towels and toilet paper, essentially. Okay. They go anywhere from a half inch in diameter to 48 inches in diameter. Okay. And so I'd work swing shift uh, some days, and it would be, you know, 4.15 to 1 a.m. or a morning shift, which is 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then I would bust tables at night, and then I was taking a calculus class, and I was and, still partying. My and, and, and living at home, moved back home. Nope. 
Nope, nope. You had your own place. Okay. Yeah, because I already had a lease in Portland. Okay, gotcha. Um, Gotcha. All right. You know, and so it was just like, there's nothing I can do about it. Like, I'm just going to get my way back in. And it just took the summer, right? Like, I made a very provocative case. Like, I would work, I work 90 hours a week uh, Mm. for four Mm. months and just like, look, I can do it. It's just a matter of my reprioritizing my priorities. But here's what happened. Like, yes, I was effing off and partying, but. Also, my mom had a pretty serious yeah. uh, medical condition. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, ended up getting through school and uh, finishing it on time. You know, no qualms. Oh, you, I, oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, okay. definitely didn't four-point my way through school. Um, you know, at the early years, maybe had aspirations of being a sports agent. Um, and so law school was kind of a maybe a plan. Uh, definitely didn't oh. have the grades okay. All right. to go All do right. it. So it wasn't even something where I was like, eh, I'm not, I wasn't bummed about it. Like, if it was like, if that started creating a path in front of me, I'm down to start walking down it, mm-hmm. but I'm also very much a person that like, Hey, take what's right in front of you because okay. that's the path you need to learn. But communications and, and marketing was where you were headed early on though, just based on your personality and what you love to do. Yeah. I mean, I was a, if you guys know what DECA is, DECA is a business and marketing club in high school. And I was a super DECA dork going to national okay. competition. Okay. Okay. And in under, <laughs> undergrad, I was in uh, you know, a communications and business major. I was in the entrepreneurship club. Um, and you know, went to Peru and New York and Kansas gotcha. city for like, you know, uh, elevator pitch competitions, business plan competitions. And I got yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And plus you were, you were into fitness and sports the whole time too. Did you, did you play football and other things in high school or played or? baseball? Uh, yeah. my childhood dream job going up was to own a major league baseball team or to work in major league baseball in some capacity. Okay. Huge baseball fan. So okay. you big, big sports guy. Okay. Got it. Big sports it's, guy. All, it's all, it's all tying together. <laughs> yep. And, uh, but you know, and like I was undersized, I wasn't, I was not big. Uh, okay. I was just athletic and I could just, I could keep up and I worked really hard. Okay. But while I worked really hard at the sport, I wasn't the kid that went home and did push ups every night to get bigger. Okay. Right. I, I would work really hard in practice and then I would do something else. Gotcha. And so, you know, uh, I thought that coming out of school, I was going to end up running, you know, marketing for Nike baseball and okay. you know, being golfing okay. with Ken Griffey Jr. on the, you know, that's what I ended up kind of thinking once I got in school. I like that goal. Okay. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And, by the way, by the way, real quick before, cause you're about to step into career. Do you get your personality and your people skills from your mom or your dad or both? Um, both my parents are hyper introverted. Uh, they don't oh, really like my really? dad is very, doesn't like the going public. My mom's more of a doer behind the scenes and like orchestrator. Wow. Uh, okay. Wow. Oh, wow. All my right. grandpa was on the city council. And so he was very much, and I hung up. My grandpa was my best friend as a kid. Okay. Great. Uh, so we'd go around and everybody knew Joe, you know, shaking okay. his hand okay. everywhere. Okay. That's where, it comes, that's, where, that's where it comes from right there. <laughs> and my mom being a youth minister, that means I was at church all the time. Cause that's where I go after school. Well, no. there's the elderly crew. There's the special needs crew. I ran Bible camps. And so you learn how to talk to adults as Great. a young kid. Great. And I'm an only child, but all I had around me was high schoolers. Okay. Okay, and cool. So, I, was, I was wondering where all those awesome social skills you have kind of kind of transformed. That 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 explains it. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So 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 you grad so your senior year, you're getting ready to graduate. Walk walk us through your, your career now just a little bit. Well, I got to the fortunate opportunity to graduate uh, in the amazing year of 2008 when it wasn't just hard to get a job in your field, it was hard to get a job in general. And that whole aspiration of going and working for Nike and running, you know, whatever, uh, ended up becoming three months of unemployment looking for a job. Um, And it was tough because, you know, growing up Mm -hmm. in a small town, people didn't go to college. So my parents and I didn't really know, like, you go to college, you get a job. I come out of college, I don't get a job. 
Uh, and it's like the worst economic time ever, let alone one. And mind you, my goal through college was to work in every industry before I finished. So okay. I did the manufacturing job with okay. the, the paper towel tubes. Okay. I did retail, nonprofit, sports marketing, um, and uh, just tried to like, so that way when I got out of school, I'd be like, look, I have ground level experience in this field, this field, this field, this field, right? Because like companies like McDonald's were revolutionizing management back then because you had to work the ground level in order for you to be a senior level exec at McDonald's. That's right. right? Yep. Which yep. was great. That's awesome. Whether they started there or not, that's different. But like to say you've taken some orders and taken some crap, like that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, coming out, it was like, oh, no job. Okay. Uh, and like, you know, they don't teach you in college, like how to go get a job. I don't know what type of job right. to apply for director, associate, whatever. So I'm just like Craigslisting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This people, is before, this is before LinkedIn and all that. that yeah, stuff. totally. And so like, I just don't know. And then I'm going on some of these random, like uh, stupid interviews, like selling door to door, like buckets of coupons and crap like that. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, punch me in the face. Now are you and, and by the and by the way, are you running out of money at this time too? Is it sure? Is this ramen noodles? Mom and dad is still helping me. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, definitely but, uh, living with five dudes and swapping uh, bar tabs for electric bills <laughs> next month, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, or let's play the beat the bank game uh, gotcha. uh, with all breakfast right. in the morning. All right. <laughs> and so finally, get a job selling memberships at Twenty Four Hour Fitness. And ah, all right, you know, I was really, you know, part of being the marketing guy and having my personality. I knew I could always sell, right? Like yeah. selling okay. raffle tickets, crap like that. I was the best at that shit, right? Because okay. I just will like, walk up and talk to you. Hey, would you yep. like to buy some candy? Yep. We'd like to buy some candy. Yeah, thanks for asking. And <laughs> someone else is like, how'd you do that? Uh, chances right. are he wants candy. So <laughs> I have a product. Anyway, um, you know, so uh, it, it just, you know, getting into this job, it was, um, it was tough because I ended up taking a job. I was under, what's the word? Under, underemployed. Yeah. Uh, overqualified, underemployed. Okay. All and right. I'm working for a kid that didn't go to college. Uh, yeah. You know, he's a sales manager. And I I really feared getting stuck in sales with my okay. personality type. Okay. Right? Like, I didn't want to be like... Because if I met you in the first five minutes and I was a recruiter, that's where I would slot you as sales. Totally. <laughs> totally. Right? Just uh, gift a gap. Yep. And but I don't like volume sales. I, I really okay. prefer, like, high-level market networking and, and channel sales. Okay. Um. So, anyway, I'm really pissed off. I'm like just F man. Like this is stupid. Like what, uh, like how do I not get the job? Right. This person got a job. That person got a job. I didn't get a job. And you know, I'm sitting there and like, Oh my God, this fucking sucks. And I was like, wait a minute. At least like I do like fitness. And while I did play sports, I didn't like lift. I didn't go lift weights. Oh, I see. Okay. And so I was just, I just get when did active things. Okay. And, uh, so getting there, I was like, all right, you need to have a better attitude about this. You need to go learn yeah. something while you're here. So I just started hanging out with the trainers and started learning about training and lifting and talking to their clients. Uh, and I was like, cause the gym training game back then was kind of phone salesy too, but there wasn't enough volume. Like you didn't have like a dice or something that you could start or like a monster that you're pumping through some leads. Okay. You could do the phone book, but like I also was really against that style. Okay. Um, okay. and that was really hard for me to do. So I was like, wait, if I go meet the people who are really invested in their fitness, chances are they're going to have other friends that want, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. the trainer's clients are going to probably come to me for their friends and stuff to get memberships rather than, you know, so I was like, oh, this is a way better funnel for me. Right. And I, I so I like leave the desk and just go sit and load weights and hang out and learn and program. And then I started working out more. And one of my good buddies, Tony Gracia, who owns industrial strength gym in Portland, uh, early mentor for me. 
And I was going to go watch him compete in a strongman competition in Lincoln City back in 2009. Okay. And he was like, dude, why are you going to watch me? Why don't you just compete? And I was like, I don't know how to lift. Like, I don't know any of those things. <laughs> and he's like, who cares? So I did it, and, I, and it was a local small. But I, like, I took second. Oh, um, you, were, you were hooked. And I was, and I was like, hooked. oh. And so then I was like, because I've never been strong, right? I was 115 pounds when I was 15 years old. Wow. Okay. Right. And so then all of a sudden, like, ooh, I just like lifted this 175 pound weird bar that I've never lifted, jerked it over my head 26 times. Uh, I was actually kind of good at this. So then it put me down this funnel of powerlifting, and it was like, oh, I'm actually I'm built like a South Park character, uh, okay. so really okay. short and squatty. <laughs> and so like lifting heavy loads, really short distances is kind of easy for me. Gotcha. Um, I see. Versus okay. like a six foot nine dude, mm-hmm. uh, just less mm-hmm. distance. Mm-hmm. And so powerlifting was awesome. And they're like, okay, I started to feel like I had something to go attach to something new to go chase my energy with, um, and started to build community. And I, in this time I was searching for a new job, obviously. Yeah, and but you, the nice but thing you, was, but you stayed there, you stayed there five years though, right? That's well, I was time. there for a year and a half and then or almost two years, maybe 18 months. And then finally got my first big kid job at uh, slingshot sports, which I is see. a kiteboarding, wakeboarding, stand-up paddleboarding, action sports company. Okay. Because Tony, the guy I just mentioned who owns Industrial Strength, his now wife, Mira, is, who is another great friend of mine, helped me get a job at this action sports company. I see. Originally, I was hired to be, come on and do marketing with her. Then okay. at the end, they switched. We're like, hey, man, uh, we don't really have the headcount to do marketing. Could you do wakeboarding sales? Sure. Okay. Uh, understand that I don't go wakeboarding. <laughs> I can wakeboard, uh, I can get up and I can ride and I can eat shit incredibly well. Uh, but like my parents don't have a boat. Like I didn't grow up on a boat. I tried it enough times drinking with my buddies, you know, that I, I happened to finally learn how to get up. Yeah, bro. Yeah. But you can tell anything. I mean, come on. It don't matter. So two months in, I get let go. Oh, not being bro enough. Oh, really? Really? Yep. And I'm like, I'm like, I've never been cut. Like if anything, I made teams just because I'm a good, like energy for the team. Right. No, this, I wasn't talent wise there, but this was a friend of yours. And okay. so I'm like, Oh, that's well, <laughs> she got, helped me give me the job, but it was the okay. CEO. Okay. I mean, we were like 15 people. Okay. And so, uh, I'm like 22, 23, somewhere in there. And I'm like, uh, I just got fired. I don't know what to do. Uh, so I'm like driving back and I was commuting 90 minutes each way from St. John's Portland to uh hood river oregon okay and a uh, good drive and so i like uh well i've got to go train so i just went to the gym and went to work to go work out and my old fitness manager rusty sandusky goes he walks in he goes what are you doing here and i was like oh i just got fired <laughs> and he goes <laughs> oh i'll pay for your first certification if you want to come back and become a trainer and i was like yes okay yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was great uh and then because i came from the membership side i knew how to do the sales i knew how the game worked and like i've already got the personality to do it yes yes uh, that I was a full-time trainer within three months when okay. it takes most coaches 18 months on average, if they survive the 75% attrition rate within the first three months of getting into the, being mm. a personal trainer. Now, all of a sudden you're a performance coach slash trainer slash sales guy all together. Well, kept trying to get out of training, took a new job in recruiting. Okay. Uh, why? Because, why did you do? Okay. Because I didn't, I, I trained it. I did today where I trained 15 sessions in one day mm. and I was like, I can't, I'm 24. This is fine when I'm 24. I can't do this at 34. Not with I, I kids. Got I got you. Okay. So, it, and then I didn't want to be management. I was like, this is dumb. So I was like, I need to get out. And I was flirting with Nike and Red Bull. I even flew to Oakland for the day for Red Bull. And then my buddy's wife owned a staffing agency. And they're like, hey, come on board here. Big commissions, health insurance, five weeks vacation, PTO. 
Whoa. I was like, holy shit. Great. This is awesome. Yes. And yeah, they treated us really well. And I was employee number seven. And, but it was, you know, heavy commission job. And it was something I couldn't really take on by itself financially just to go take up that level of commission. But I had training. So I'm like, okay, I can train in the mornings and the evenings. So I trained a client every morning from 6 to 7, went to work from 8 to 5 as a recruiter, came home, trained to 6 and to 7 p.m. I was on the board of a nonprofit called Portland Youth Builders, starting up with a second program called Chemo Pals through Children's Cancer Society. And I had a, a semi-pro wood bat men's baseball team that I managed and played on. Well, you're a busy guy. Now, let me ask you something. The training you were doing then, was that your own LLC? You were you yep. kind of, Okay. All right. Yep, so I went private so, and I was training out of a small so, gym. So right then is your first kind of entrepreneurial, hey, I got my own little business, plus I'm, plus I'm recruiting. Is that th- – that's when you started down that path a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always – I kind of wanted the entrepreneurial life and I knew it was probably a life for me. Okay. But like at the same time, like I had a built-in business. All my clients from 24 just left and came with me. Okay. Like I, I just see. made – so I didn't really have to go start anything. I just took people with me. Okay. But it was that first like – because I, did, I didn't go through the growing pains of like, oh, shit, am I going to make rent this month? Um, okay. So then it's like, I went to dinner with my buddy, uh, and we reconnected after a while and he looks at me and he says, dude, you make me feel like shit. He's like, you have two jobs. You play baseball for fun. You work with two nonprofits and you don't miss a weekend away with all of our friends. (laughs) What's the highlight of your day? And I sat there and I was like, shit, that's a good one. I don't have a highlight. I'm just going through the motions. I'm just really good at being busy. And I have so much social bandwidth that I can go longer and farther than most people just off energy alone. I believe that. And so I was like, huh, all right. I've always wanted to move away from the Pacific Northwest. Um, I don't really love recruiting, but it could get me away from the Pacific Northwest because we had other remote employees. Okay. So I went to my boss at the recruiting agency and I said, hey, Joel, look, I love working for you. I hate this job. Uh, So... Uh, but I also think it's unfair that I give you 10% of my time. I'm in the door at eight. I'm out the door at five. I'm not doing anything extra. I literally am just good enough to stick around, um, to help build this. Uh, so my solution is let me go work remotely where I can give you hundred percent of my time without any other of my other distractions. And let's see if I'm good at this. If I am great, you win. If I'm not, you need to stop wasting your money and I have to stop wasting my time. Mm. Bold move. That's a bold move. <laughs> I just, I didn't know. I was, I was amped up, man. And he just goes, okay, tell me where you end up. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, cause I'm just expecting, no, figure it out. Uh, and, uh, so then I'm going, oh, sh- I, I have to go somewhere now. Like I can't, I can't do this song and dance and not move. Mm-hmm. So I debating between Chicago, New York, Austin, and Boston. And I only choose Austin because the other three states or cities states uh, and cities are going to be cold as F because right. I moved in November of 2014. I see. So I moved my butt to Austin, Texas, and was the very first member of this gym called DeFranco's Gym at the Onnit Academy. I used to follow this coach, Joe uh, DeFranco, really heavy, who uh, merged his gym with Onnit, which is part of Joe Rogan and I Aubrey see. Marcus. That's okay. And I was the very first member of the gym when it opened up on December 1st, 2014. Wow. Six months later, I came on board to work there overseeing the education system later moving into uh, overseeing strategic partnerships bringing in partnerships with exos equinox gold's gym ucla teaching the education system speaking all over the country last year i flew 67 times before october uh and it also provided me the opportunity to now train uh jake arietta who is a starting pitcher for the philadelphia phillies mm-hmm. former cy young award winner for the chicago cubs and world series champ and uh oh. last, last year before i moved to boulder i was at spring training with him 
and we're walking out to go watch his first bullpen of the of the spring. And Dan Playsack, a Hall of Fame p- pitcher, walks up to me. He's like, "Hey, Sam, it's really good to see you again. How you doing?" Oh, okay. Hey, what's up? And he goes, "God, your boy's looking like a monster. What'd you do to him?" And I said, "I don't. I just give him someone to talk to while he works out. <laughs> you know, like it's the game." And then uh, you know, Gabe Kapler, the manager of the Phillies, comes up and grabs me. He's like, "Hey, man, uh, just really love having you around, and and really appreciate you being here." And I'm just like, "Holy shit, where am I?" And, you know, the, getting to know the guys more, because I was around last year, the year before, too. And then we, like, you know, staying with Jake, we'd go fishing and, and you know, um, riding jet skis around. And I'm like, you know what? My childhood dream job was to work in Major League Baseball. You're almost there. I mean, you're, you're kind of doing it right there. Yeah. It's better mm. than working for the team. Mm. Because with the team, I don't have this guy who's one of my closest friends now that I go fishing and hanging out with. Mm. I'm leaving. I'm in Boulder, mm. Colorado right now where I live working for True Coach. Uh, but I'm about to leave on Monday to go train him for a month before he goes to spring training. Uh, so I'll work remote. So when you were at Onnit Labs, did you think about leaving there and just doing your own thing? Where hey, I'm just going to coach professional athletes and I'm going to have Sam Pogue, you know, enterprises or no? I I honestly have no desire to train full time as my okay, thing. I see. Um, it's fun. I love it. It's it's something I'm really passionate about doing, and I love coaching. But I wanted something bigger. And okay. so okay. at Onnit, you know, I got to dabble in a lot of everything. Onnit's a marketing machine. Mm. And for those of you guys who don't know, Onnit's a supplement, fitness equipment, fitness education company uh, based out of Austin, Texas. And a big uh, arm of it is comes from Joe Rogan, who is the majority shareholder mm. in it outside of Aubrey Marcus. And so it was, I just had, like, I was able to, you know, be in the room with, you know, the VP of the NFL and fly yeah. at the combine training these athletes. So it was my way to get in the door. Okay. But like, I, you know, I also come from a really attuned business background. So I'm able to really dive into good businesses, bring the partnerships in the biz dev. Well on it, because it's so marketing focused, I learned a ton about digital marketing. I see. And personal development. Now that's a, that's a pretty cool company to work for. Plus you were living in Austin, Texas, which is an awesome city. Why, why the change? Well, you know, had four great years on it. Longest place I'd worked in a long time consistently. Okay. And, uh, you know, it was, I was super happy there. And all of a sudden, you know, a couple years ago, I went to a, a mastermind, the Barbell Shrugged Mastermind, which is another big podcast. And I met my now CEO uh, at this mastermind. Ah. And, you know, come this last, last October, he sends me an email. Hey, Sam, I'm looking for a guy that's got a huge network in fitness, can talk training, can talk business, is used to traveling. Do you know anyone? <laughs> yeah, I know somebody. His name's Sam Polk. <laughs> yep. So uh, they made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And so I got to be employee number nine, come in and build a brand strategy for this. Uh, True Coach is a technology fl- platform for personal trainers to deliver custom programming uh, to their clients, either in person or online. And so being that now my experience works really well for me, I really wanted to be in the brand strategy consulting kind of realm. But now I just went through and I took a career of training and fitness and worked my way as much as I could and then made the hop over because at the end of the day, it's all skill sets. It's all the same game. It's just different markets. <laughs> and now you've been a true coach for about a year? Just just hit a year about five days ago. So so you've lived in two of the coolest cities in the country, right? Austin, and then you moved to Boulder. I mean, come on. That's pretty good. I would good. say Portland, Oregon's up there. And Portland's right. I mean, three, let's just, yeah, top three. I mean, those got to be you know, in the top five. You've lived in three of them. <laughs> yep, yep. And so you were employee number, what did you say, number nine at True Coach? Yep. And how many employees now a year later? 26. Wow. All right. So and at Brent- on it, I was employee 42 when we were a $30 million company and I left and we were over 200 people at 90 million. Hmm. That's great. I mean, you have experience growing a brand, obviously, 
uh, you know, all, all those things are super valuable. So let's talk about True Coach a little bit. You, you touched on it, but can you give like a yep. a little more thorough overview, um, True Coach, and, and why people should use it and how they go about signing up? Go ahead. Yeah, so the big thing with True Coach is, you know, whether you're online or in person, to be able to scalably deliver high-end training is not really set up for success because most coaches aren't able to charge an, uh, an hourly rate enough that allows them to make the real money that they make and survive all the attrib- you know attrition in the industry, right? Okay. Okay. So going online allows you to not have to just focus your network on your local area. You're, you're, if you're a trainer in Boulder, Colorado, you're really only training people within a three-mile radius of your I gym. S- I see. But if you go online, now I have the opportunity to train someone in Iowa, mm-hmm. right? And I can still deliver them a really high end product because like when, if I'm training you online, you're going to get the app. And so like, all right, Steve, you got to do three sets of five of back squats. You're going to see a video of me back squatting. You're able to put in comments and we can message. You can shoot me a video uh, and show me um, what your back squatting is. So we can have a really nice dialogue and give you really consistent high touch coaching right there on the uh, phone. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my phone. I'm back and forth on my, on my smartphone with you, my trainer. It can be, it can be live. Right. If I'm like, if you're at 10 a.m. and I know you're going to go work out at 10 a.m., we can talk. But it also allows me if you're in London and we're eight hours apart. Right. You can just like, hey, I, I maybe I didn't understand what you meant by this. Here's what I did. I see. You can correct me. And so, I mean, we lose so much, you know, in the communication barrier game. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this just provides a really nice, clean platform to do it. Additionally, I- you know, it's like a really it looks like a Google Calendar. Right. And you open up a tab in a day and you open up and like, Oh, you just start building the workout. Oh, I won. And it starts, it's smart. So you start typing squats and it pulls a video up of a squat. You can either upload your own video or we have a thousand of them in there for you. And it uh, automatically emails your clients that there's a workout in their app if they want to digest it. Um, so that way you don't have to do all the emailing. You can now charge your clients directly through the app. So you don't have to use Square or Venmo or PayPal. You can do everything from one major platform. Wow. I mean, if you're a personal co, a personal trainer or, or a performance coach, I mean, now you can s- truly scale your business. I mean, totally. like, you, like you said, you just couldn't before. I mean, you can only drive so far. Yep. I mean, hell, now you can have hundreds of clients all over the world. <laughs> Wow. Okay. With no competition, true code, nobody else was doing this, no other platforms. Not, not that I want you to mention the competition, yeah, yeah. but I'm just curious. Nobody else was doing this. There, there's actually quite a few other platforms out there. Um, okay. and actually some of them are more, even more fitness focused than us. They're definitely like, they kind of block you into a certain style of programming. Right. Uh, whereas ours is open-ended blocks, right? I could maybe make your workout to drink nine glasses of water and do 75 pushups in a row. Right. Like I, it doesn't need to be anything, we have a guy that uses it for men's style coaching because you can upload your own videos and the client can upload videos. So there's nothing that says it has to be exercise related. Um, okay. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and who, who pays the fee? Is, the, is, you, is your customer the personal trainer? Yep. yep. Okay. And so does the person, we're a small business. Okay. All right. And the personal trainer, they don't, they don't charge their users a little uh, monthly fee to sign up. No, it's, I mean, cause it's free for their clients to use. Um, and we want to be able to offer a product that makes the coach look better, right? Because really, like, let's talk about marketing for a second. When they're buying, a, when a trainer is buying True Coach, they're not buying a software platform that allows them to plug workouts in because they have Microsoft Excel or, or Sheets or anything they want for that. What they're buying is something that systematically allows them to scale their business. So what they're really buying is financial freedom, 
right? Yeah. Buying this app means like, oh, I can train more clients in less time. That means I can like sit on the mountains and go snowboarding and like still make the money. That means I can take that cert I've always wanted to take. That means I can take vacation with my family. I can live wherever I want. I can live wherever I want. I'm not bound by anything. Well, right? how, how does it hurt you? I'm not sure how the business model works, but what if I'm a personal trainer and I have 10,000 users on your system versus a personal trainer that has 100? Are those personal trainers paying a different amount? I'm just curious. Yep, you're paying per client. I see. Got it. Okay. All right. Yep. So that's how that that's how that works. And is it? Uh, do I got to sign up for like a year or two years? Is it month to month? What happens if my business? What What happens if my personal training business goes under and I already signed a huge contract with TrueCoach? <laughs> no contracts. I mean, you can buy a year up front uh, as well and do that for a discounted rate. Uh, but you can definitely. I mean, you can buy month to month and it scales with your business. So if you go from zero to five clients, which is 20 bucks a month. Uh, and you, um, grow to, you know, 50 clients and you're paying a hundred bucks a month. And then you all of a sudden you go on vacation, you drop all your clients off and you go down uh, to 50 clients, then we'll uh, drop you down to the next price down. Like, okay. it's not like, yeah, it's not like you're locked into anything, Okay. but we have a two week free trial. Uh, you don't have to put your credit card in, just jump in, start using it, play around on the platform. If you like it, awesome. We have a great blog that I write for uh, the brand to help give you insight on how to go get more clients. And we have a great help center to help you figure out how to do it, as well as a customer success team that are all personal trainers uh, that also are there to help you like learn how to use the platform. Okay. Uh, you call in or very, very cool. I, I, I love the idea. Who, who's your mo- who's the most famous coach using the, the, the platform right now? Anybody that I would recognize? Uh, I mean, there's quite a few. I mean, you got the, okay. the OPEX crew with James Fitzgerald, who's the first CrossFit Games winner. You got Dr. John Russin. You got Jay Ferrugia. You got Smitty Diesel. Um, okay. Man, cool. Marcus cool. Philly. So, a lot of big names. Okay. I appreciate that overview on True Coach. Um, let me ask you a couple of questions around, you know, performance coaches and personal mm-hmm. trainers. There, seem, there seems to be a ton of them. They're kind of like recruiters. <laughs> there's totally. a ton of them. <laughs> totally. Um, and I'm guessing now, based on your career, you've seen a lot of people try it. They dabble in it. They do it part time. They meet you and they say, yeah, I'm going to be a personal trainer. You, you've probably seen a lot of people come and go and fail and do well. So if somebody's listening to this episode and they want to do that for a living, um, what advice would you give them if they're just starting out? What would you tell them? What makes you different? Because that person, if you're someone who loves fitness, being a trainer, it really comes down from like three people. I love fitness. I just love everything about it. I want to, I want to rah, rah. I I had a massive transformation. Uh, Right. mm -hmm. Uh, Or you know what? Like it was something, maybe they went and pursued another day job. They're an accountant. They just quit their job to become a day job. Right. They're kind of some of these three people. So that ends up being like, Oh, I went to school for it. Right. I had a transformation. Uh, or, uh, I, I hate my day job and I want to do something I'm passionate about and I love fitness. Right. Okay. Uh, and so some people go to school for it. I didn't go to school for it. Obviously I, you know, I've now since taken, uh, over 30 certifications and workshops and seminars, uh, to do it. Um, but you know, it's, it's something where you don't have to go to school to be successful in this, right? If you want to play in the academia game and go work in the collegiate setting, like if I wanted to go work at, uh, you know, the Denver Broncos, like I would need to go get a master's degree, like, while I do it in the private sector, like, and I'm perfectly qualified to work with Jake and any, all the other athletes I've worked with, right? Like teams are looking for that, right? Because that's the game. They're playing a very different game or in a university setting. Um, the big part is like, there's so many people out there and most consumers think that, well, 
oh, you're, an, you're a fitness trainer? You must love eating chicken tilapia and kale. And you're like, uh, no, I'm just better at saying no to eating the cookie. Right, realistically is. But like, it's not like people are necessarily better at, you know, it's not we don't have the same desires or anything else. And that's a big misnomer for a lot of young trainers mm-hmm. uh, because they, they just don't realize that that person doesn't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when you don't really know anything as a young trainer, the game shouldn't be about this is what I know. And this is the only thing that's true. It should be a seek to understand how can I help you in your spot? Right. Mm-hmm. So most people that drop out, most people that stop doing it, is it because they just don't hustle enough or it's totally. just, I, yeah. Yeah. It, well, it, yes, it is a hustle game, but you need to have the tools, right? So here's what I usually, one of my talks I give is uh, telling your story. Right. If you're jumping into fitness, you probably have some sort of relationship to fitness as to why it's important to you. An injury, um, some sort of need to have a certain physique because it's a desire. Like you want to look like a muscle, muscle man or, or a superhero, or maybe you have some trauma in your past about your health and wellness uh, and that you overcame. And so uh, with so many people having so many different um, pieces, it's, it's all about how you connect to them okay. and that component, right? Because it's not about hitting a big deadlift. It's about the journey that that person went through to find the big deadlift, that all of a sudden they found themselves accountable and became the person that they were supposed to be, right? Um, do, do you think most uh, personal trainers grow their business more because they have awesome people skills and relationship skills, not necessarily absolutely. because they... Yeah. Absolutely, right? Like I've had friends who are way more educated than I am and they can't sell shit, yeah. right? Yeah. I can just sell. But yeah. it comes down to, okay how like you don't have to be me to be good at it either. Right. Like I want like people are going to look at me like, of course you're good at sales job. Right. Like automatically. Yeah. Okay. So if you're not me, what do you have to offer people that's going to help them develop a better relationship with your body? And are you prepared to share that? And are you prepared to share and make an an emotional connection with them? You know, you, you lived in Austin and uh, at one point in my life, I took uh, dancing lessons when I was single so that I could pick up chicks faster. Nice. And uh, <laughs> that is not a dumb move. <laughs> and I remember buddy saying, well, why do you go to that, that specific, uh, 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 you know, coach for the, for the lessons? And I was like, I, I don't know. I like her. I, I like, I, I had no idea if she's the best dance coach. Right. Totally. Uh, but I liked her. And so I would just think that personal trainers are the same. Like if you like them, if they have great people skills and they make you feel good about yourself, I'm sure you can grow your business. Of course, now these days it also ties into what are they doing to build their personal brand online and do they know how to use social media? So that walks us into the next thing I wanted to ask you. I mean, when I was doing my homework on you for the podcast, I mean, you do such a fantastic job of not only the work you're doing for True Coach, which is awesome stuff. But your own personal brand, I mean, you've done just such a nice job with all the social media platforms and your own website and, and your own podcast. So can you give the listeners a little a bit of advice? And maybe this is not necessarily personal trainers, anybody that wants to build a personal brand. What would you tell folks starting out? How, how, do, I, how do I get out there in the marketplace and build a personal brand and get a following? It comes from the same exact line as what you need to be a good trainer is what's your story. What have you gone through that's unique in your life? That's going to connect to other people. We just came out of the information wave of, of the industry, right? Building it, right? Getting the infrastructure, getting fiber optic laid out. But now we're moving into the knowledge era 
Mm. where we're seeing industry change. The new blue collar job that my dad worked is now the server admin at a, at an Amazon farm, right? Like that's your new like mill worker. Cause we don't have mills in the U S anymore. Mm. Right. And so we look at like, well now it's like, it's very specialized. You don't have to have, if you want to be a t-shirt company, you don't have to get your thing in Sears in the Sears catalog, right? You can straight up build a cool enough brand that connects to people through a social media platform and all of a sudden, people want, can buy it directly from you. You can do it from your living room and have a drop ship service, or you can go do the mailings yourself, right? <laughs> so while business is easier than ever to get into at this point in time, it right? Is. It really is. It makes it even harder to distinguish yourself. Right. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> and millennials, while they may not have strong attention spans, they have a better bullshit meter than most of us, right? Like my mom reads Facebook and she takes everything for face value. You know, that, that is such a great point. I'm always picking on millennials on the podcast a lot of times. And so you're absolutely right. They can sniff out the BS a lot faster, especially on social media. So if you're someone that's trying to hawk some t-shirt company and like you're a 50 year old dude that doesn't wear shirts that look like affliction t-shirts, <laughs> is that going to line up with your audience? Like look at Ty Lopez, like Ty Lopez's brand is awful. I hate it. But I'm not a 19-year-old kid that cares about Lamborghinis and Ferraris right. and chicks on hoods of cars, right? <laughs> so that marketing doesn't work on me. But hell, if that style of marketing isn't effective, right? Mm -hmm. When my parents grew up, our parents grew up, they thought the year 2000 was going to bring the Jetsons, flying cars and bubble heads and shit like that. Right. We got Twitter instead. <laughs> it used to be if you wanted to complain about something, you had to write the newspaper. That's right. And now you can tweet, Insta, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever, and talk enough shit. And someone can, enough people can find that captivating. And all of a sudden you have a following. Mm -hmm. Next thing you do is like, oh, okay, now what do I do? What do I do with it? Right. right? So, that's a, so that, that's a great question. So let's say, let's say I'm a personal trainer and mm -hmm. I'm a, a good looking guy or girl and I'm in super great shape and I'm super attractive, whether I'm male or female, don't matter. But I'm, I, you know, and all of a sudden I got a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Okay, cool. I got a hundred thousand followers. So what the hell do I do with that? <laughs> well, it comes down to what do you want to do and what does your time and your effort uh, scale allow you to do? Mm. If, and this works in the same way if you're a trainer, if you're someone that has really limited bandwidth in terms of like, all right, I can give my energy, but I can only give it for like three hours of really high engagement stuff before I'm like crushed. Mm -hmm. Well, shit. Okay. That means your three hour day is now your eight hour day. So those three hours need to make up the eight hours of income that you, of what you desire. Mm -hmm. So if you desire to make a hundred thousand dollars a year, well, yeah, that's 50 bucks an hour if you work eight bucks, eight, eight hours a day, but you're only working three hours a day. So what does your hourly need to be at working three hours a day for that amount of time? Mm -hmm. Okay. So then it turns into, well, okay, not everybody's good at get the gab thing that can right. burst. That's, your, that's right. That, great. Don't do that, right? If that's not your thing, don't do it because uh, Steve and I will both tell you that podcasting is way more work than you anticipate it is when you start. <laughs> uh, uh, can, can, can we just take a pause right there? <laughs> yeah. For all those people out there thinking, I'm going to do, I'm going to start a podcast. I always laugh to myself and go, you have no idea how much time and effort is involved in doing a podcast. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. We could do a whole nother episode on that. <laughs> totally. So now it comes down to like, okay, let's under, let's really understand yourself because 
if you have to go do something that draws negative energy from you all the time and mm-hmm. it's something extra, like you ain't going to want to go do it given your, given your choices. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, the difference between being an entrepreneur and uh, going and working for someone like you got to want to have that hustle. Yes. Right. Yes. Like if you don't have that, like you can see behind me, there's a poster board sitting up on the wall uh-huh. around my apartment or all of my business units of different projects I'm working on email that. drip funnel, sales videos, uh, products, around my apartment on poster board because I need to know I've already thought about it. I processed it. I can go write something down and at least I know what's there because I'm super scatterbrained. That, t- that ties back to the hustle though, bro. And I, and I saw that when I was doing my homework on you and getting ready for this. And then I watched a few uh, podcast interviews that you did and you have a, a, the same juice that a lot of other people have that I've interviewed and it's the hustle. I mean, you just, you're not sitting around burning minutes mindlessly scanning Facebook, you're like, no, dude, I'm making lists. I'm preparing my next move. I'm this, I'm the, it's the yeah. hustle. And, and, and anybody listening to this podcast, if you want to be successful at, at being a performance coach or a personal trainer or whatever it is you're doing, you better be ready to kick ass and get up every single day and hustle because money just don't start falling out of the sky just because you did a social media post. Oh, that's it. And that's it, right? So social media guys, if you post something on Instagram and hope that it, someone clicks on it and goes to your bio and buys something <laughs> yeah. that converts at less than 1%. Exactly. <laughs> if I own your email address, cause I somehow got it somehow and I can market to you that converts on average about 3% in the digital marketing space. Yeah. So when you're looking at you as a trainer and you want to go online, well, you train people, individual sessions, writing programs, right? That can take a lot of energy and bandwidth. Great. Mm-hmm. If that's what you love, a lot of coaches love programming. I don't love programming. Then do it, but make sure that you, the money you're charging backs up the amount you need. And if you're someone like, I can only train for a program for five hours a day before I'm toast. Great. You're done. You need, yep. okay. That means your five hour needs to be your eight hour. Well, I can't charge 500 bucks an hour. Well, you better go educate yourself and find the market that does. Right. Because if you're just another coach that says, I help people lose weight. Well, that's not captivating versus, oh my gosh, I used to be 900 pounds and now I help people lose weight. Well, that's a captivating story, you know, yep. anyway. Yep. So yep. figuring out what, what sort of bandwidth you have is a podcast right for you is a newsletter right for you is a blog right for you is social media. Let's be on. Hey, if you're going to play the social media game, you're up against some hitters. Some <laughs> yeah. of these people that you see with these accounts that have uh, my buddy hero, who's got a huge yoga account. He was a photographer before he was a yoga influencer coach person, right? Like, right. so producing a really nice curated Instagram was super easy for him. Right. <laughs> uh, whereas like my dumb ass is having to learn how to like, Oh, I have to go learn what ISO and aperture and uh, take him, you know, and try to do this myself. And like, Oh, uh, okay. I'm okay. I just want to pay someone. Right. But like that person has a whole different story to them. Mm-hmm. Right. I really like, I played the fitness game, but I wanted to be in the brand strategy game. Yeah. Now I've gotten to the point that I'm able to like play in both spaces. You mentioned something there that I think is critical. You do have to decide, all right, how much bandwidth do I have? What do I, what am I passionate about? And which one of these platforms or things do I want to do? Cause it, you, you really just can't do everything. I mean, if you're trying to be, Hey, I'm going to have the best photos for Instagram and I'm going to have the best podcast and I'm going to do, I mean, you, you really kind of have to say, hold on, there's only, there's only so many hours in a day and here's what I'm going to do really well. I'm going to knock out these four things. I'm going to kick ass at these because you got to be yep. careful with, with today's social media and everything you can do online, online, it can, it can suck you into where you're doing 10 things half ass. I, I definitely believe that. Well, and who's your audience, right? If my audience, your audience is yep. 55 year old men and women, 
then I'm probably going to like testimonial style print media, long form on yeah. Facebook. If I'm marketing to 19 year old girls, I'm probably going to TikTok and doing funny whatever faces and right. whatever outfits. Yep. yep. Yeah. Of course, I would think the personal trainers, uh, TikTok might, that might, might be a channel for them with the little short clips, but I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to be 18 year olds doing funny dance videos, but. Well, I mean, who, who pays the bills, right? Like a lot of trainers well, exactly. want to train athletes, exactly. right? Yeah. Athletes don't pay your bills. I train one Jake Arietta. Uh, I've trained thousands of uh, husbands, wives, brothers, sisters, cousins that don't have, have desk jockey jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so while this is really cool and I take a lot of pride in it, I still love, I still talked. I went and flew out and surprised one of my former clients for her baby shower. And I haven't trained her since 2014. Now that's really cool. Now, see, know, that, that, that's the kind of relationships that matter and that will help build your brand right there. Referrals, references, totally. I mean, that, that's so. super. So, so where does, where does Sam Pogue, I mean, does he just help grow? He helps grow true coach up until he gets bought by somebody for a billion dollars. And then he rides off into the sunset and retires. What, 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 what's, what's the future for, for Sam? Uh, true coach, uh, definitely, uh, get acquired, right. Or yep. whatever that, whatever that ends up being for me. Like I, I definitely came over for an equity stake and, yep. uh, to come in and, yep. um, and definitely, you know, be here. And I want to, I want to crush and cause that's my final chapter, right? Like I've got all these cool things I've done in my career. I've taught workshops at the NSCA, I've trained these athletes, spoke at these places, but then I took a brand from, you know, 2 million to X, yeah. right. In four that's years. Cool. Like now it's like, okay. Cause I don't, I don't want to work for anybody else again. Yeah. Right. Is, I yeah. used to want to go work for a major league baseball team. When I got to true coach, I was thinking that, okay, I'll crush here for four or five years. And then if Portland gets an MLB team, I can go back and be like the chief of marketing <laughs> for the major league baseball team in Portland. I see. But now I'm like, nah, I nah, realize. Nah. Ah. So now I'm like dedicated. Like I'm very clear that I want to get, cause I haven't been doing my personal brand stuff. I post on Instagram here and there, but like now I'm like, okay, I want to have my first info product, single cell info product up for sale. I need a monthly newsletter up and going. I need a, uh, a blog that I can commit to up and running for, you know, channel for marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so the program is called BLF performance. It's a body lifestyle oh. food performance program. It's oh. all about habits and okay. just starting, right? You are, just like, you are an entrepreneur. You are an entrepreneur at heart. It's in there. It's you're, yeah. an, you're, you're an entrepreneur. I mean, you're doing a great job. I'm sure as an employee for, but you're, see, you're an equity holder, so you kind of are an entrepreneur. At, at totally, that's right. And so, totally. but I can see, I can see deep down, you're you're an entrepreneur, and that's why you've done such a great job on your personal brand. I, I you know, once you help take True Coach to some sort of uh, transaction, you're probably going to be you're probably going to be building the Sam Pogue enterprises. Well, the goal <laughs> is to have a full time passive revenue stream by right? the end of next year. Amen, brother. <laughs> so, uh, and then that way it's just like, all right, that's my, my side hustle is working. And so by the uh, yeah, time I leave, yeah. I just walk into whatever I want. Uh, how about coming on over and just helping out Rider Flex build up their podcast and giving us some advice over here. Let's, let's, uh, let's stay close as yeah, things develop. Yeah, absolutely. Where, are you here in Denver? Yeah, I'm in between near Loveland, up near Loveland, up north, up north. So in between Fort Collins and Denver. Yeah, man, let's go grab lunch or something. For uh, sure. For sure. One, one, one last question. Um, love your energy, man. Really. Thank you. I mean, your people skills and energy are fantastic. Now, I have met people like that that then aren't, they don't either, they don't have the work ethic and they're not organized enough to actually get shit done. But you obviously have those two as well. If you put all four of those together, boom, the sky's the limit. So, <laughs> Um, if you had to define your core purpose, 
in life and, you, and, and right now at this stage in your life, because I, I, I honestly believe core purpose kind of changes mm-hmm. as you move through life. But right now for you, um, what's your core purpose if you put it in a sentence? I want to inspire other people. I want to educate other people. And, um, oh, should I just have the third one? Inspire, educate, you, and. Yeah. You're doing both of those right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shit, what was the other one? Inspire, educate, and. Um, anyway, yeah, like I just really like, I want people like I've had a lot of really great opportunities. And so I want to make sure that the person who sees me, they either go, holy shit, I want to be there or the person who maybe they're in a different set of their life go shit. He has all these opportunities, but holy shit, does he deserve them? Mm-hmm. I don't want anybody looking at me ever saying like, what? Oh God, he wasted all that opportunity. Right. The stuff, I, the opportunity I had it on it. Like I don't want any of these other, cause I hated watching people be like, you have so much here and you, you, you do nothing with it. Right. But I I want people to like, I love having people like, Oh, I started reading because of you and I'm working on my time management because of you. And I'm doing this because of you. Like, I love that. I'm putting, Uh, I'm, I'm I'm putting lists up on my wall because I watch the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. And then educate like, Hey, all right. I not only want to inspire you, but I want to back it up. Let me show you how, let me help you. Mm, That's good stuff. And so, uh, uh, by the way, if anybody wants to look you up and study you, right, it's sampoke.com. Correct. Is the website. Anything else you want to mention? Any other, uh, how about the podcast or the YouTube page? Anything else you want to mention? Yeah. I mean, uh, right now the podcast is kind of in limbo because I'm trying to hire an agency to help me, but it's called Fitness Breakroom. And I interview fitness professionals and athletes around the world. And I want them to tell me their story about how they lived in their gym for three years because they couldn't afford rent in two locations, <laughs> not because they have 100,000 followers on social media now. Tell me how they used to get their ass kicked because they were a fat little kid and that's what made them lose weight. And then right. now they are this, yes, like that. That's the story I want to hear because success isn't about followers. It, right? I mean, I, I just had somebody tell me the other day, uh, I think the quote was, um, you know, 10,000 likes is great, but if it's not leading to uh, sales conversations, it really doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yep. Likes and followers aren't customers. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, well, Sam, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate it. Congrats on everything you've done, not only in your own life, but everything you're doing over at True Coach. I appreciate your time. Let's let's connect soon. I'll send you a follow-up. We'll get together for happy hour for sure. Of course, Sounds good, my friend. I, I'm guessing you don't eat too many chips and salsa and junk food because you're in pretty uh, good shape. But No, man. I, I have a whole thing around. I love to tag this thing on Instagram called Be Less Fat. I'm just trying to be less be fat less, today. Be less fat. Sometimes it's a salad. Sometimes it's a burger. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing, trying to be less fat. Thank you, sir. Talk soon. Thanks, bud. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. The Rider Flex podcast features entrepreneurs, business executives, and the stories behind how they got there, as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviews. Our show can be heard just about anywhere these days, but you can visit riderflex.com and click on the podcast page to hear all the previous episodes and learn more about the recruiting and consulting services we provide. Contact us at the email address info at riderflex.com or 888-964-5876. Thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoy our show, please be sure to subscribe to our channel and like the episodes.